Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. From an undisclosed broadcasting location. This is a test. For the next 60 seconds, this station will conduct a test of the emergency broadcast system. America, here comes the relief from the pain. Unapologetically, this is Lock and Load with Bill Brady. This is Lock and Load and on the road again, but joining me still nonetheless is writer Dean Weingarten. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, Bill. Glad to be here. Yes, sir. So, I saw, and I saw somewhere, I saw somebody talking about this. I, it might have been Eric Swalwell. Somebody was out there talking about using bear spray for human self-defense. Yeah, 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 I did hear something about that. You don't need guns. Use bear spray. Yeah, sure. Um, That's what I, I recall. <laughs> Let's talk about this bear spray incident where it failed. And, and, and you would think that if it's bear spray and it's designed to work on bears, it would work on bears. So that sort of puts in doubt whether or not it would work on humans for me. Tell me about what happened in Canada. Well, I, well, uh, in the... Uh, literature. Um, there's a study about the effectiveness of bear spray, and I believe it was done by Stefan Herrero of uh, Alberta uh, and uh, by uh, Tom Smith of uh, Brigham Young University in Utah, and they claimed that bear spray was 98% effective. In my opinion, it's lying with statistics because the way they got that 98% figure might not be the way that most people would think a 98% figure would get. And from my reading of their study, they did a lot of the bear incidents where bear spray was used was in parks by park rangers, the haze bears that were curious or that they wanted to move from one place to another so they weren't bears that were attacking somebody and then they came up with a figure of they had a bunch of people like they have a group of several people and one of them has bear spray or two or whatever and they haze the bear with the bear moves off they'd say well all those people uh, were not attacked by the bear so they looked at all of the people that were in a group that had bear spray and looked at the total number that got attacked by a bear out of all those people, and they'd say, well, there's 98 people, and only two got got uh, contacted or bit by the bear, so the bear spray is 98% effective. Well, that's not, you know, most people would say that's kind of a strange way to look at it. But the, that figure got out there, 
and it's been used to claim that bear spray is 98% effective. And it's, from what I can tell, it's not, and it's very hard to know how effective it is. But we know that there have been a number of failures of bear spray where even though the bear was sprayed, it still continued the attack and did substantial damage or killed somebody or killed something. And one of the things that was noted was that it doesn't work very well on predatory black bears. And if a black bear is intent on turning something into a meal, bear spray doesn't work very well. And this is what we saw in this situation in Jasper National Park in Alberta, Canada. And this is from the official Parks Canada Facebook site. And I'll, uh, I'll read verbatim some of what happened so that I'm not misconstruing anything. It said, uh, <clears throat> Parks Canada has reopened a number of trails after a black bear killed a dog this weekend. Uh, Wabasso Lake Trail remains closed. On Saturday, April 22nd, 2023, at 1600, that's four in the afternoon for those who are not familiar with military time. Military time. Two visitors were... Two visitors were hiking with two dogs on the Wabasso Lake Trail. The hikers were returning to the trailhead with the dogs running freely between the hikers. They noticed the black bear had approached them. Notice the bear came to them within a very close proximity of the trail. One of the dogs chased the bear off the trail a short distance before the bear quickly reversed the chase. The bear came back within a couple of feet of one of the hikers, where the second dog, who hadn't chased the bear, was standing and barking. The bear attacked this dog. One hiker sprayed bear spray into the bear's face at close range. It was very close, as you will see. The bear did not release the dog, and the hiker then used the bear spray can, which I presume was empty, to punch the bear in the head multiple times. So real close means contact distance. The bear still did not release the dog and carried it into the woods. Uh, this close and aggressive approach by a large black bear is very concerning behavior. The attack on the dog and subsequent caching of the carcass indicates predatory behavior. This behavior is considered a threat to public safety, a risk to park visitors, parks Canada, human wildlife conflict specialists located the bear and destroyed it on Sunday, April 23rd, the next day. So, even though this bear was sprayed full on in the face at very close range with a full can of bear spray, it didn't drop the dog and it took the dog off the trail. And even though the dog's owner or one of the two people that was with the dog beat the bear with the empty bear spray can, it still didn't drop the dog. That dog was its prey, and it killed that dog and presumably ate some of that dog after it carried off into the woods. And it's a sad case because the dog did what it was born to do. It alerted its master and made the threat apparent. But unfortunately, the master had chosen a poor tool for defense against predatory black bears. So, and I, I finished uh, quoting Parks Canada 
when we said Sunday, April 22nd, April 23rd, I mean. So, and there's been a fair amount of research that indicates black bears rather quickly recover from being sprayed with bear spray. Now, looking at the facts that I and others have put together about the uses of handguns in defense against bears, virtually any handgun could have been used to stop the bear attack decisively. Because if you can beat on a bear's head with an empty spray can, you can shoot it in the head with virtually any handgun. And we have a case that I reported on a few months ago that happened several years ago where a Canadian, uh, the bear grabbed his dog, but instead of a can of bear spray, he had a six-inch hunting knife. And he jumped on the back of that dog, uh, excuse me, of that bear, with his 16-inch hunting knife, Tarzan style, and killed the bear with the knife. And his dog recovered and uh, recently died of old age just uh, a couple years ago. And it was Stefan Herrero, as I might have mentioned, who was one of the major authors of the bear spray study, who said, and this was in 2017, I don't know why, Stefan Herrero, the dean of bear research, said Thursday evening, but it showed up in the data. As in this case, Herrero said, the spray initially drove bears off, but they came back. This is, however, the first time a fatality, and he's talking about the Pogo mine fatality, has been associated with the failure of bear spray. That was in 2017. But in my research, I came up with something, I guess, that bear expert Stephen Herrero did not know of. Hang on right there. Excellent part to excellent place to take the break. Uh, when we get back, more from Dean Weingarten. This is Lock and Load. Experts say that China is hoarding a massive amount of food. They will soon have over two-thirds of the globe's corn reserves, over half of its rice, and over half of its wheat. But when asked about it, China lies. One China expert says they, of course, will never admit to something like that. Well, what does China know that we don't? When it comes to global food shortages, China is the canary in the coal mine. You see... China is the world's number one food importer. They rely on the rest of the world to keep their people fed. So they can't afford to mess ups or there will be riots, civil panic, or even worse, when over a billion people can't eat. What does that mean for Americans like you and me? Two words, food shortages. That's why it's a smart idea to stock up on a kit of the best-selling Four Patriots Survival Food. Create your own stockpile of the best-selling Four Patriots Survival Food Kits. The kits are compact and stack easily. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners. And their five-star reviews on the website rave about the flavor and taste. Right now, you can get 10% off your purchase of 4Patriot Survival Food by typing in the code LOCKLOAD at checkout. Just go to 4Patriots.com, use the code LOCKLOAD to get 10% off your first purchase of 4Patriot Survival Food. That's 4Patriots.com, use code LOCKLOAD. 
Talking to Dean Weingarten about his latest article published at AmmoLand.com, which has another 2,200-plus of his articles. Um, We were just – and I got a question for you, if I may. Go ahead. So with a bear, when you – if you spray a bear full-on in the face with bear spray and he just shakes that off, what kind of things um, would actually affect a bear to the degree that uh, it could take that and and just shake it off like the, no effect at all? Are bear well, are the individual bears the same as individual people? Where some people pepper spray completely immobilizes and other people are just fighting for their lives? Yeah, there's. There are differences in bears individually. And the, one of the things we notice with people, too, is the stronger the motivation, the less the bear spray or pepper spray seems to have an effect. In other words, if, you have, if you're super strongly motivated, you can kind of shake off some of that spray. And some people more than others, and I'm sure some bears more than others, but you can shake it off and, and do what you want to accomplish. Um, so that's the way it is. And bears who are acting predatory, that is that they want to take down and eat a particular animal or human, are usually very strongly motivated. Right. And they can... So they can usually shake off that bear spray and perform, you know, kill something anyway. Um, now, the bear spray proponents, and I would, I'd have to say that, in my opinion, Stephen Herrero and Tom Smith are bear spray proponents. They have pushed bear spray as a viable defense against bears, and in my opinion, they've done it primarily because it saves the lives of bears. Now, they may have convinced themselves that it saves the lives of people, too. But it appears to me that that is not completely justified. It probably prevents bear attacks in some cases. How many is hard to say. Certainly the 98% figure is way overblown because most of those cases were not against aggressive bears. And when Stephen Herrero says that he, in 2017, uh, he said uh, that was the first time that a fatality had been associated with a failure of bear spray. But it's hard for me to believe he didn't know about the Russian bear researcher, I'll probably get the name wrong, uh, Italy Nikolayenko, was killed by a bear after employing bear spray in 2003. And that was 11 years earlier. So he, maybe he just said, well, you know, we didn't see that the, the bear who killed him 
had bear spray all over it because it wasn't discovered for several days. But they did find the case where the place where he was killed was all covered with bear spray. Uh, so it seemed very likely he deployed it before he was killed. And since 2017, we've had several other cases where people deploying bear spray were still killed. Now, we're not talking just about they got mauled, you know, they got bit up and and flesh torn and broken bones and all that stuff and ended up in the hospital for months. We're not talking about that. We're talking about when they were killed. And Mark Uptain, who was a guide uh, in Montana, uh, he was killed by a bear after using bear spray on September 14th, 2018. And we have Daniel Schilling was killed by a bear after use of bear spray on July 29th, 2020. He was cl- he was clearing a path up in Alaska. And then we have Stephanie Blaze was killed by a bear. She was attacked by the bear just outside her domicile in Canada. And her husband got bear spray and sprayed the bear with bear spray, but that did not drive off the bear. Right. So then he went and retrieved a firearm. And I don't know how long that took because in Canada, in most places, the firearms are required to be locked up and the ammunition is supposed to be locked up in a separate place. But there are some exceptions, and he might have been one of those exceptions. So he retrieved a firearm, and then he killed the bear, but she was already mortally wounded uh, at that point. And then we had Carl Mock in 2021, April 15th. He was killed by a bear after use of bear spray. And uh, Leah Lohman uh, in uh, Obando, Montana, was killed by a bear after use of bear spray on July 6, 2021. And those are only the fatal incidents, the incidents where the bear killed a person after it was sprayed with bear spray. So there's no question any longer proponents of bear spray cannot say that no person who used bear spray has been killed by a bear. We have at least five we know of, and, you know, you can argue whether Stephanie Blaze, whether she was already dead when the husband used bear spray or mortally wounded, we don't know. I mean, it's hard to be sure. Nobody videotaped the event. But the others, I think it's a pretty good indicator that if you find a bear and it has bear spray on it and a dead human and an empty can of bear spray... I would call it a bear spray failure. It's not exactly, it doesn't sound like a testimonial for bear spray. I'll say that with all that stuff you're telling me. So, uh, I well, mean, there are, yeah, there are lots of people who have used spray on bears and the bears go away. But there's lots of people who use handguns to prevent bear attacks and the bears go away too. And in, we, I and colleagues have done ex- Extensive searches and research on trying to find every single case we can where a handgun was fired in defense against a bear. And we have about 144 where it's only handguns and about another 20 combination defenses. And there's like three that are indeterminate. You know, the bear went away, but you can't be exactly sure what caused it to go away. Or the bear killed somebody, but it killed the person before a handgun was employed. You know, that, that kind of thing is just not 
how do you say, where the handgun failed or worked. But uh, Hang on for me, if you will. We're coming, we, we're coming up on the very next break. And uh, so what I want to do is, uh, you know, you can find this article about this uh, bear in Alberta. You can find that at Amoland.com. Waiting for you with 2,200 others sort of like it. Although Dean writes about a lot of different stuff. A lot of different stuff. So, indeed. Indeed, indeed. Check them out. Amoland.com. Talking to Dean Weingarten as we do, as we close our week. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. We strive to produce the best components and rifles available with quality control second to none because real-world events don't allow for a second chance. Whether you are an operator, competitor, or home defender, Spikes Tactical will serve you well. Go to SpikesTactical.com. Spikes Tactical, 100% American-made to the highest standard. such thing as a fair fight, and we bring the unfair advantage that is the 2011 platform. Dominate. At Staccato, we know the most important gun you own is the one that you're carrying when you're facing that threat to life and freedom. Win. We want you to enter that objective, confident that you are carrying the best gun in a gunfight. No compromise. No sacrifice. Staccato2011.com. Stand ready to face down the darkness with 2011. Holster.com, the home of DeSantis quality built American made products for 45 plus years. Supporting police and government contracts from first responders to responsible citizens. Holster.com is your source for quality American made leather and kydex holsters for the armed American. For concealed carry or open carry, Holster.com has what you need. We didn't invent concealment, we perfected it. Go to Holster.com now and buy a DeSantis holster today. 
What's in a name? If that name is Ace Firearms, you've just entered a very expensive business. First, a fully appointed gun shop with all the guns, ammo, and accessories you could possibly imagine. But then you enter the manufacturing facility that is home to Red Alligator Concealment, Militia Arms Customs, and so much more. Ace Firearms is beyond a simple gun shop. This is a totally peerless operation. To find out more, go to acefirearms.com. Ace Firearms. This is only the beginning. At MGS, we have what it takes to reinvent yourself. With a curriculum designed to balance work, family, and a gun repair education, MGS provides the gateway into one of the fastest-growing segments of the gun industry. Modern Gun School's mission is to provide high-quality distance education using time-tested materials and hands-on projects designed to develop a proficiency in both the technique and the business of gunsmithing. Go to mgs.edu. MGS Trade School. Your future is waiting. Back. This is Lock and Load, and we are speaking with Dean Weingarten. We were just talking about bear attacks and bear spray. Um, are there varying degrees of strength of bear spray? Is there like some bear spray that's just like the uber bear spray, and then there's weaker bear spray? Yeah, well, I I think all of the bear sprays claim they're the best for right. one reason or another. Right. And I think they're probably pretty similar, uh, the ones that are out there on the market and they won't tell you that bear spray has failed many times and then firearms were used to stop a bear but it does work sometimes maybe even most of the time on bears that are not very determined to attack or are in a predatory mode Right. but people who are not in the US and not subject to the pressures of the United States uh, animal protection groups or whatever, uh, where there's, they very seriously have a bear problem and they require people to carry firearms to protect against bear attacks in Svalbard, Norway. And their policy is they do not consider bear spray as effective as a defense against polar bears. And, uh, you know, it's right on their website. They uh, require people to carry powerful firearms instead. Now, as I mentioned, colleagues and I have searched extensively and exhaustively and asked people every time we publish an article, we say, at least as I recall, I might have missed one, if you have an incident, you know, that we can document where a handgun was used against a bear, and it didn't work, you know, it failed, failed to drive the bear off or to stop the attack, let us know. We've been wanting to hear those incidents. That's how we started, is asking for failures. But while we have found five cases that I think are pretty clear that bear spray failed and a person was killed in the last 20 years, we have only found one case where a handgun was fired in defense of a bear and the person was killed in the last 100 years, 130 years, actually. 
And we know that handguns have been available over the whole period, where bear spray has only been available for 20 years, about. Might be a little longer now. I'd have to look back and try and figure out when it was exactly first introduced. But so we have this one incident where a person in 1995 in the Svalbard archipelago, uh, they were a tourist group uh, from the cruise ship, well, adventure cruise ship, it's not very big, Arrigo. And a party of 13 took off on the shore to look around and sightsee. And they split into two parts. One had eight people with a high-powered rifle and flare guns, and the other party had five people with a twenty-two caliber handgun uh, and flare guns for protection. And the smaller group encountered a polar bear that was hungry, and it killed and ate one of the group, even though it was shot at a few times with a twenty-two pistol, and the pistol failed to protect that person from the bear attack. But that's the only case we have found in 130 years where a handgun was used as defense against bears. It was fired in defense against bears, and it failed, and the bear killed the person. Now, there were a couple other failures where there were extensive or minor injuries, a total of three failures altogether out of 144 incidents. So that's a 98, that's an actual 98% success rate. I don't think against aggressive bears that bear spray has a 98% success rate. It's very hard to come up with these numbers because lots and lots of incidents are minor and nobody gets hurt, no bear gets killed, or if the bear does get killed, it's in a remote area and people feel it's not worth reporting. So the tendency is for no report to be made if no one is injured or killed. But the fatalities, I think we have a pretty good handle on. And there's been one where a handgun was not sufficient, and there have been at least five where bear spray was not sufficient. So in the worst cases, in the extreme cases where you got a bear, where you have a bear that is very intent on harming and killing or eating somebody, bear spray seems to fail much more often than handguns do. And the thing is, we have plenty of bears. There's there's no question that the bear populations, all three kinds of bears you find in North America, black bear population is exploding, grizzly bears gone from a couple hundred 73 or 4 around there, up to a couple thousand today. The uh, polar bear in populations, almost all the polar bear populations are increasing significantly since 1973. The tiny number of bears that are killed when the bears attack people won't make any significant difference in those populations. In fact, if you kill the most common bear attacker, which is an adult male bear, an adolescent male bear, uh, the big male bears kill a lot of bear cubs. So you probably help the population increase if you kill off big male bears. Well, question. So, so, so if, if, I, if somebody runs up on a bear, right, um, how much time have they got to determine whether or not this is a bear that is intent on eating them 
or just a bear that's curious about them. I mean, don't we don't we sort of have to default to uh, all right? This is a this is a dire threat. I mean, do we have that luxury of being able to sit back and going, oh, he's probably just well. Looking. Fortunately, most bears don't rush full on on the person. Sure. Um, now the the ones that are the worst for just full out charges are the grizzly bears, and they're also, in my opinion, the most dangerous. And uh, they will charge out of nowhere with almost no provocation uh, that the person is aware of. Now, they might have a moose stash there and think, you know, i got to protect this this meat cache. But the person who's walking on trail has no idea that it's there. So I wouldn't call that provocation by the person. It's that these bears are very dangerous and very aggressive. And in in the case of grizzly bears... Often, not always by any means, but often it's a fairly close-range all-out charge. But we've seen a lot of success by people in those cases using handguns to stop the bear, stop the attack as well. But in cases with black bears and polar bears, there's usually more warning, more time to react. Black bears in predatory mode very often approach a person rather cautiously. And that's kind of what happened with this case in Jasper National Park. The bear got close to the trail. They saw it. They had plenty of warning. One of their dogs took offense at the bear being too close and barked and chased at the bear. The bear ran off a little ways, came back chasing the dog, and then grabbed the other dog. Now, that took many seconds to happen. Plenty of time to draw a handgun and make it ready. Or perhaps in this case, it was plenty of time to draw a bear spray can and make it red. But the bear spray just didn't work. Right. Well, it probably sprayed just fine. It just didn't stop the bear attack. Right. Um, so, and then with polar bears, we hang, see a very similar kind of thing. Hang on with the polar bears. Hang on with the polar bears. Uh, this article is the latest article. It got published uh, the 25th, I believe it is. 26, 26 April. It's uh, on it's on the front page at Amoland.com. It's well worth the read because it's fascinating. Dean is the only one I know of that has actually done this kind of a database, and uh, it probably needs doing because I cannot tell how many hunters get eaten by bears. I, nobody's ever looked at that, attacked by bears, all this other stuff, before Dean. So, interesting topic. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. on the firing line and this is lock and load and we're talking to dean weingarten as we do and we've been talking about bear attacks and we just got into polar bears which uh in if if all if all of the bears were in one room which one is the apex predator is it the polar bear the polar bears are the biggest one so they probably would be the apex predator but i think that the grizzly bears are probably more dangerous because they're more likely to attack a person 
out of dense cover at very close range and very rapidly. Uh, the black bears, they seem to come more slowly and try to figure things out as to whether this new prey that they think they might make a meal of is dangerous or not. And that gives a fair amount of time to uh, defend yourself. And the polar bears, they seem to be kind of in between. They're not really territorial. So they usually won't just attack a person for just being there. Right. But on the other hand, they don't know much about people because people are so rare where polar bears are that the polar bears often wonder, you know, it's an awful strange kind of seal, but it might be worth eating. So they often approach a little more cautiously than a grizzly attack, but they're so big and so powerful that uh, they're very dangerous just because of that. But I see where polar bears are shot and run off fairly quickly. I would say a little bit more often than grizzlies, which oftentimes will keep on fighting more. And it's it's kind of a close call because we just don't have a huge amount of data. I, I think we've got only about a dozen attacks by polar bears. I'd, I'd have to look them up. I think we got a, you know, maybe maybe 50, maybe less by black bears. And then the rest, which would be the majority, would be by grizzly bears. So uh, there's a – the grizzly bears seem to be far more aggressive uh, than either polar bears or black bears. And another thing is where the bears are hunted extensively, they are much more wary of humans. Now, black bears have almost always been hunted. And where they're hunted, you usually don't get a lot of bear aggression. I mean, because they're wary of humans and they stay away. Uh, the In places where they're not allowed to be hunted, you get a lot more aggressive black bears, in my opinion. And we see this with grizzly bears, too. Uh, up until 73, or in the 70s, or a little earlier, grizzly bears were pretty wary of people out in the West. And that was because they were hunted down remorselessly in the West. And by around 1900 or so in the West, uh, it was remarked that if the grizzly caught a whiff of a human, it took off because those that didn't got killed. And we had the same thing happen with the European brown bear, which is essentially a grizzly bear in the mountains of Europe. It's essentially the same animal. And because bears are not good neighbors, because they don't have human emotions, or, well, maybe they have human emotions, but they don't have human morals. So uh, beehives, they have no idea of property status. They'll, they'll destroy the beehives. They'll kill your sheep. They'll kill your poultry. They'll uh, occasionally take a child or just, you know, maul a human who they think looked at them or smelled wrong. And so because they're bad neighbors, they get killed off and driven away from human habitation. So in Europe, bears were completely wiped out in England by at least the middle Europe uh, medieval period, certainly by 1630 or so, which is getting into late early Renaissance or late Renaissance, middle Renaissance, I guess, depending on how you, how you work the numbers. But in regular um, Western Europe, with France and Spain, 
the Bears just got pushed out into more and more remote areas until by, oh, by 2000. They're just a couple hundred grizzly, European brown bears, which are grizzly bears, essentially, in the remote mountains of the Alps. And then in Eastern Europe, there were maybe a couple thousand in the uh, big forested areas uh, of Eastern Europe. And they're refugees. And they had been hunted a lot. Well, when the bears were hunted, they were very, very wary of people. But we've protected the grizzly bear from about 73 up until now. So that's, what, about 50 years. And all the bears that have grown up in that period, in the lower 48, they don't fear people very much. And so we're getting a lot more bear-human conflict in the lower 48 than anywhere else. About as the couple thousand bears in the lower 48 states account for about as many people being killed by bears as do the 50,000, 30 to 50,000 grizzly bears in Alaska. So we got 25, roughly, 15 to 25 times as many bears in Alaska, and they kill about the same number of people as the 2,000 bears in the lower 48. But in Alaska, they're hunted. They're hunted with some regularity. So it appears to me that hunting of grizzly bears even makes the grizzly bears more respectable of people and less likely to uh, injure or kill people. Because uh, the ones that are bolder and are willing to injure or kill a person get killed off. Well... One of those things, uh, you know, is it's it's one of those things where I, I sit back and I, I was watching a video the other day of the bears that have actually gone extinct in various places, and I did not realize oh, bear, yeah. I did not realize that bears had existed in in Africa at one point because you know there's nowadays we have some animals that only exist in Africa and we have some animal animals that only exist other places. And uh, I think that only in some of the mountains of Africa, where it's a little cooler, will you find a bear or two. And they're actually about the size of a grizzly bear. But, um, you know, overall, um, the bear is, I I don't know how you predict what a bear is going to do. And going into their territory and not knowing how to predict what they're going to do, that's the thing I just don't understand. I I see all these people. Well, they're... You're correct, and bears are not very predictable. I, I recall some famous uh, guy saying, and you can't tell what a bear is going to do because the bear doesn't know what it's going to do. Right. And so they are unpredictable. But if you look at where they were hunted hard, like in the western United States by stockmen, you know, the farmers would hire people to go after bears because they're losing cattle to bears. And they got hunted very hard, and they learned pretty quickly, stay away from humans. And uh, the ones that learned that managed to survive, at least for a while. And the ones that were bold and went after humans got killed off. That's uh, the way it has worked. Now, interesting to me, I found out that the grizzly bear is a fairly recent addition to the lower 48. It it apparently was an Asiatic brown bear right. that came across right. in, 
and then uh, about thir- they're saying thirteen thousand years ago, it managed uh, to get down below the glaciers into the lower forty-eight, which is uh, people were already here by then, and uh, so the grizzly is kind of a latecomer. Um, there was a sh- what they call a short-faced bear, which is a huge bear with long legs, but it got wiped out. Uh, personally, I think it was uh, Before, the human hunters that right. wiped it out. Before we run out of time, have you ever seen the story about that bear in Japan that just ravaged an entire village? Yeah, I have. I read about that. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, we incredible. ought to talk about that one day because, I mean, that that's, that is that is a good illustrator of how unpredictable a bear is. Before I run out of time... As always, I appreciate you taking the time from your day to join me today. It is always a pleasure. Dean's on the road, but that has never stopped us. Dean has been at various locations, various hemispheres, and he has never failed to show up to collaborate. I greatly agree. appreciate the effort. Check his stuff out at Amalan. Oh, do I? Yes, sir. Check his stuff out at Amalan.com. I will be back Monday. And between now and then, you should do your very level best to remember this. It has never been about gun control. Never. Never, ever. It has been. It's always going to be about total control. Complete, micromanaged, looking at every detail of your life control. Remember that. This has been Lock and Load. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.